Hi, I'm your host, Dave Kemp, and this is Future Ear Radio. Each episode, we're breaking down one new thing, one cool new finding that's happening in the world of hearables, the world of voice technology. How are these worlds starting to intersect? How are these worlds starting to collide? What cool things are going to come from this intersection of technology? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. All right, so we're joined here today by Mark Trung. Mark, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hey, Dave. Thanks so much for um, getting me on the show today. Um, so my name is Mark Trung, as you just said. I'm a student audiologist currently in first year um, audiology here in Melbourne. Um, so I also run a hearing healthcare podcast called the Hear Me Out podcast and focus around interviewing leaders and business owners in the hearing healthcare space to get a better understanding of, um, of every single part of the hearing healthcare space because I, one of the core motivations was I was looking online and trying to find more information about the hearing healthcare space, the audiology space, and all I was coming up with was journal articles, more journal articles, mm-hmm. and yeah, all of that. I was really trying to find some digestible content so that I'm able to get a better understanding of not only the research department of the field of audiology, but also the corporate life, the business life, and even the um, outreach and philanthropy side of that. That's excellent. Um, and so, you know, I, I wanted to bring Mark on for a couple of reasons today. First of all, I'm impressed by him. He's 21 years old and he's, uh, you know, I guess it's a sign of the times that just the younger gen- generations are are just more savvy. But, you know, I think it's so cool that, you know, he's a first year student uh, living in Melbourne, Australia, and he's launched the podcast. He's interviewing a lot of um, respective people within the hearing healthcare space. A lot of the names, when I looked at his podcast, I was like, oh my, you've interviewed him and you've interviewed her. So really, really cool from that standpoint. And, um, you know, for me, as somebody that's been sort of like, to your point, you know, you're, you're looking up all this information and you're just kind of seeing like journals and articles. And so, um, yeah. you know, I, I had sort of the same realization of, uh, you know, newer forms of content don't um, exist in wide amounts quite yet uh, within the hearing healthcare space. And so I, you know, for me, I'm always on the lookup, uh, lookout for fellow creators, fellow content creators. Um, and so I found Mark, I thought his podcast was awesome, wanted to bring him on and talk about the podcast and talk about some of his takeaways, you know, from interviewing a lot of these different um, you know, d- different people from different backgrounds within the hearing healthcare space. So before we dive into, you know, like your podcast in general, why don't you share with us sort of the motivation of how you even decided to get started with this podcast and go down this route? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just as I said before as well, um, yeah, there wasn't much information out there at all. And yeah, I just wanted to get the inside look, inside look, about what actually happens behind the scenes of the hearing healthcare industry and the audiology industry, behind why people do what they do, a bit of this story, and yeah, what really happens in order for this whole machine, which we call the audiology industry, to actually happen. So I've been interviewing a lot of people from everywhere, from the research department to the manufacturers, the business owners, to 
um, even the hearable space, which is definitely something which you yourself look at a lot. And I think your audiences are, are very um, familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And one of the motivations was I just couldn't find anything out there. And I thought it was a great opportunity to start to network mm-hmm. and start to build my um, connections and my my network and truly um yeah just speak with the leaders and truly get their thoughts on what's actually happening in the industry what's coming in the next few years and what they're really excited for yeah and and being able to speak with them has really like ramped up my fire and kind Mm of um, really made me interested in what I'm doing because before I was just going through the course and just studying and studying and studying and there wasn't really much uh, motivation and there was really not much interest in what I was doing. Yeah. I think it's cool that, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, you're a young guy and uh, I think that a lot of these professionals that you've worked with and that you've recorded episodes with, they're, um, you know, they're really uh, responsive to the idea that, you know, giving back and sharing their wisdom. And um, I applaud you for taking it upon yourself to, you know, create this medium to facilitate that, because I think that's where the rubber is currently meeting the road is that a lot of people are looking at this and they're like, I would love to do a podcast, but there is not a podcast that really exists in this (laughs) space, or uh, I don't know how to start a podcast on my own. So I feel as if there's a major opportunity here to have these kind of conversations that you've been having. Um, So the motivation all makes sense. And I think that for any young, you know, potentially student audiologists or aspiring hearing healthcare professionals in any capacity, you know, look to somebody like Mark and see what he's doing. And, and, and you can realize that there's no arbitrary limitation here. Like anybody can do. Absolutely. Um, so Mark, yeah, no, I, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. And I wouldn't even discourage anyone. Like I don't even think of you, like if you do start a podcast, which I extremely um, encourage, I think it's amazing to build that network of podcasters in the space and it isn't competition. It's not, um, we're not fighting against each other because the sea is is so, so blue and there's so much fish in the ocean and there's so many people to interview and there's so many different, um, avenues to cover. Like I, I myself focus around a lot of the business leaders and a lot of the, um, corporate leaders and, there's a lot of people who are saying, Hey, go into speaking with the clients and go into speaking with the clinicians. But I've been trying to do that and it's not really my interest. And yeah, even if somebody's interested in maybe the clients or the clinicians, that would be an amazing new podcast to start up and get more information about that. Yeah, I know. I think, you know, you touched on something there that's interesting. It's counterintuitive. You initially, I think when you start creating content, you you sort of, um, you, you shelter, you know, I know at least like this is how I was when I first started blogging was I was always worried, like, am I giving away like all my good stuff? And <laughs> what I came to realize was that there was absolutely no point in doing that. Um, because yeah. there's sort of, you can always remix things and there's new ways. And, but more importantly, when you put stuff out into sort of the ether, people take it and then they, you know, they, they take it and they um, apply their own, you know, thoughts and, and insight and, and it 
it grows in ways that you never anticipated and it grows in a whole lot more meaningful ways. And I've always found that by collaborating with other content creators, the best stuff tends to come about because you're really insightful about, you know, a number of different things and I'm insightful about a number of different things. And when there's overlap, that's when the best type of stuff happens. And to your point, you know, this idea where, just because there's, you know, call it a, you know, if you're considered in um, just a audiology podcast, um, you don't need to look at it through that lens of like, oh, well, that's taken and I can't, you know, therefore there's no opportunity for me anymore. Just as you laid yeah. out, there's so many different facets uh, of, of what, you know, each segment is. I mean, I'm really tied into like the voice technology space and there are probably 50 different podcasts, but they're all a little bit different in their approach. Absolutely. So, yeah. You know, there's so many different avenues that you can take with all this. So I, I don't, I, I am totally in agreement with you. I, I don't discourage anybody that's listening to sway them away from, you know, in any capacity, creating content that they feel that, you know, that, that they're passionate about making. Yeah, another one of the motivations is hearing healthcare awareness is absolutely atrocious. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and just creating an avenue to, well, my initial, um, motivation was to get it out to the public and to get um to get the public to kind of get a better understanding of how it works on on under the covers yeah and but as i've been doing it a lot more i think my audience at the moment is more audiologists and getting the information out to the professional mm-hmm. to the professionals and um giving them a better understanding of everything along the chain. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about the podcast, right? Like, so you've done 10 episodes so far. It looks like they range anywhere from 30 minutes to 70 minutes. So you've had some medium length conversations. You've had some longer conversations Um, rather than go into too much detail with any one of the episodes. uh, Although I do encourage everybody that's listening, if you're at all interested in the hearing healthcare space, you should give it a, give it a look at the hear me podcast. Um, But Share with us, you know, some of the like the macro takeaways that you've had from some of the conversations that you've had. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the common threads amongst um, everyone I've been speaking with is that if you focus on the customer or the client or the patient, depending on who you are, depending on which area of the industry you're in, um, if you focus on on them and your end consumer you will succeed mm-hmm. and that if you're tailoring your your research towards your end consumer if you're tailoring your products towards your end consumer if you're constantly tweaking and upgrading and updating your software for your end consumer um you'll ultimately succeed so that's one of the major takeaways i've really um been able to hone in on as i've been interviewing more and more people yeah, yeah. Um, I know. I know. Just going off of that one, I mean, you know, we hear a lot about like this idea of now we're moving more toward this like patient-driven model, right? Patient-centered like, care. Yeah, yeah patient-centered care, and um, you know, obviously that's very representative of like just everything today. You know, it's not just calling patients or customers or whatever. Um, you know, the, the the consumer is so much more in, informed. Um, because of the internet and because of the way in which we've progressively gotten better at using the internet and because of just how easy it is to access 
reviews and um, whoever we've determined to be authority figures. You know, if it's our friends, maybe it's through Facebook, you see your friend posted their experience of getting fit with a hearing aid at Costco and they're, you know, maybe they're saying that it was a great experience. Maybe they're saying it was a really poor experience, but it needs to be noted that many people today, um, they are getting informed through social sites, through Yelp, through Google reviews. Um, you know, these are the things that they're doing first to even to even start, you know, they're not even going to click on your website unless they feel as if this is a legitimate place. And and to your point that you made earlier, unfortunately, I, I mean, there isn't a whole lot of broad awareness in the general public in the general population around, um, you know, hearing healthcare and that professional and the type of value that they provide. And so, I think that like across this next decade, with all of these new self fit technologies and over the counter options that are going to become available, this is going to be where um, you know. I think we're going to have to really put our money where our mouth is as an industry and yep. the professionals are going to have to, um, they're going to have to really adapt here. And I, the, the, the good thing is, and I had this conversation with Jeff Cooling on you know previous episode with this podcast is, um, yeah, please watch the episode. It was really amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was a good episode. And you know, one of the things though is, it would be way worse to be on the other side of the equation. And what I mean by that is if you are, um, you know, if you didn't have this experience, if you didn't have this education of really being the, the pedigree uh, example of what could be a best practice a, or a best experience, five-star, gold-star, um, amazing experience, which is largely predicated on your experience as a service provider and being just gold star in every facet of that service. Yep. Uh, you know, again, I would way rather be in that position than be in the commoditized position where you're not really providing any value other than maybe your distribution channels like easier. Yep. So people say, well, I can go and I can buy this at Walgreens or I can buy it online. And you know what? That's great. But when there ever comes a point where that, where that consumer feels as if they want a solid experience, that whole model falls apart because it's not service oriented. And so I think that the challenges for the service oriented model is going to have to be all around. How do you communicate and position your value as a provider in the general population's eyes, how do you make it widely known that this avenue of, of, of accessibility exists, that you can access these types of devices through a much more service-oriented channel? Absolutely. I think one of the other takeaways I've had is that although patient-centered care is a buzzword at the moment, mm-hmm. and everyone's chucking out there trying to trying to bump up their bump up their practice, bump up their organization, bump up their hearing aid company, or whatever not. Um, the thing is, if all we're doing is dispensing hearing aids, the OTCs, the, the online shops, and everything else is going to take over. Mm-hmm. If all we're doing is doing a hearing test and fitting a hearing aid, technology will destroy that. Mm-hmm. And if we're not actually providing the care, we're not providing the human interaction and 
the service behind that. Why are we there? Mm-hmm. And I think that going off of that, you know, like again, going off the conversation that I had with cooling, um, you know, sometimes that sounds vague. Sometimes that's like, okay, so what exactly is this service model? But you have to think of it as you, if you have a hearing loss, there's no cure for that. There's no, you know, there's no remedy for your actual hearing loss. There's ways to, there's ways to preserve your hearing loss and there's ways to, you know, preserve your hearing and there's ways to make sure that you mitigate it. And that's what that service aspect is, 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 is it's a, it's a very consultative relationship based approach that you know that your audiologist or whatever type of hearing healthcare professional, um, this is the person that is responsible for helping to guide you as the patient um, through that rehabilitation process so that you know that you're doing everything that you possibly can to preserve your hearing. You're abiding by a lot of the different best practices. And again, I think that this is going to evolve, this aspect, this type of service oriented relationship-based consultative approach is going to evolve to include how do you get the most out of your technology i think that's a really big aspect of this is as these devices become more and more sophisticated as they're capable of more things i think that there is a tremendous opportunity for um, the provider to take on that provision of knowledgeable assistance approach where it's not necessarily just here's the best ways in order to preserve your hearing, but it's also here are ways in which you might find value in using the voice assistant that resides in your hearing aid. You know, if you're getting older and you're at risk for certain comorbidities that might be linked to hearing loss, um, you know, things that might be related to hypertension or, you know, anything that relates to like blood pressure um, or, um, just, you know, some of the different vital yep, fall risks or exactly. this or that. Yes. Those types of things, you know, we could be monitoring those through the uh, devices. So I think that there again is this opportunity that's burgeoning, that's going to become more and more front and center is being just an absolute expert on everything that pertains to this experience. That's, I think, the key to how you differentiate. And so I think that it's going to be on the providers to constantly be re-educating themselves. They already know everything that pertains to the world of how do you <laughs> rehab your, or at least they should, and they should be abiding by the best practices. Um, but I think it's also on them to be educating themselves on like, what does this new world of technology look like? Because it is changing rapidly. But that's a huge opportunity, in my opinion, for uh, the providers to really differentiate themselves. Yeah, because you've been saying, um, I heard your conversation with Jeff, and you were saying that instead of being a dispenser who provides a service, you should be a service provider who dispenses hearing aids. And exactly. As, as I've been speaking with more businesses and more um, owners of audiology clinics and online retailers. Um, I've been trying to push because I'm trying to start a consultation business as well to help audiology um, clinics to get their social reach out, start mm-hmm. creating educational content online and stuff like that. I think it's really important, like you were saying before, to get that information to the customer before you even start selling the hearing aid. And I think there's a huge space to do something like um, what 
sorry, I can't remember who's the, who's the um, YouTuber audiologist. Oh, Cliff uh, Cliff Olson. Yeah, Cliff Olson. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, um, what Cliff Olson is doing to educate the patient about um, everything from hearing healthcare, mm-hmm. um, like how to prevent hearing loss, um, educate them about different types of hearing aids and why they need it. And I think there's a huge space for even individual clinics to do that and to attract customers and more people to come in before they've even even suggested a hearing aid. Mm-hmm. Trying to educate them on how to, yeah, all of that. Yeah. No, you make a good point there. I, I think you're right. There's a tremendous opportunity for education in a number of capacities. And I think that, um, again, it's, it's this idea of you have this, uh, you have this asset and that asset is your experience. Your asset is really, truly understanding the science behind all this, you know, as a professional and as a provider. And the challenge is uh, in a world that predates what we're about to really start to experience is that you were the only channel that people were really limited to, you know, like if yeah. you wanted to get a, a, some type of amplification device, barring the types of piece apps that have been available for a long time. But if you wanted to get that type of device, you had to go through you. So you were a gatekeeper of sorts. And when that barrier of entry gets removed, it's going to create a void, basically a void where um, it's a expertise gap where, you know, yep. if, if you are doing nothing more, just like you said at the beginning, where if you're doing nothing more than providing a hearing test, fitting somebody with a hearing aid and seeing them on their way, that previously had been the status quo potentially. Um, I obviously know there's a number of providers out there that are doing way, way more than that. Absolutely. So absolutely. Not trying to disparage the profession in any capacity, but I'm speaking to this idea of, you know, that the business model is getting disrupted from that standpoint where the consumer has more options available to them now. And yep. I think that as a byproduct of that um, gatekeeper status, they, you know, there has been um, it's been perceived as uh, you are a hearing aid dispenser, you know, and that, you know, for better or worse, that might be the perception that is out in the market. And so now that these devices are going to be more widely available, I think that there's a just a massive need for a total rebranding and repositioning of the role of the professional. And yep. again, I think what that role all comes down to is this provision of knowledgeable assistance that transcends everything that had been done traditionally to start to incorporate the new facets of these Bluetooth connected devices and what it means to be a in-the-ear computer in just about every sense of the word. And so I think that that's where a lot of the potential is going to come from here is going to be those professionals that find a way to really communicate to their local markets that this is why you should come see me rather than go to a big box retailer or a drug chain or even order it online. And there's a very distinct differentiated experience by going through me. I think that's a lot of things we can learn as the audiology industry from the phone industry. Mm. It's a huge um, community of um, reviewers like MKBHD or Unbox Therapy mm-hmm. where they're constantly every week they're reviewing new tech and reviewing new phones and kind of taking that Apple genius approach as I was 
watching um, your episode yesterday, I think there's a real need to differentiate yourself. Like people can buy iPhones online anywhere, anytime, but people still go into the stores because there's the community, there's the environment, there's all the phones on display mm-hmm. and there's an Apple genius there and trying to like reposition yourself as a hearing aid genius or as a hearing healthcare genius is kind of a new way where you where you need to differentiate yourself because if you can buy it online you need to be providing extra service or extra information in order for them to come in totally and like i mean just a, a quick example of this something that i've been talking about lately is the idea of being a podcast expert, right? You know, like this is a secondary use case of many Bluetooth hearing aids today. You talk to young Bluetooth hearing aid wearers and they are like ravenous podcast (laughs) listeners. A lot of the ones that I've talked to, they seriously, they are. They will listen to five, six hours a day. And so I think that, again, because the demographics tend to slant toward the older generation, they might not be exposed to this yet, But if you can, during that fitting process, you know, again, I'm not saying to like dedicate a giant portion of this, but maybe even like three to five minutes where you maybe have some literature, Um, you as the provider, you know, you've done your homework, you've uh, outlined, okay, here are my favorite three podcasts for history. And you go through, you know, uh, hockey and baseball, go through... Go Even through ten different categories. Audiobooks or, Literally, exactly. Yeah, anything. Yeah, and, and, and so you have, you know, so you have uh, uh, just a handful of recommendations, and you give them a step two guide of how to do this. And again, what that does is it differentiates your experience. Then the person says, "Oh, I was introduced to this amazing thing that I love about my hearing aids. This podcasting thing that I can now do." Again, it sounds really simple, and it sounds like. Well, anybody can do that. Anybody can think of that. But again, these aren't the types of things that are going to be done inside of a Costco or inside of a Walgreens. They're going to just get you on your way. So if you can have those personal touches so that you can give somebody this, you know, brand new type of content that they're maybe going to love, what are they going to do? They're going to go and they're going to tell their friends, I had this amazing experience, you know, and that's that mouth marketing. Like that's, one way that I think this can grow. And that's a really tiny example of how this thing is evolving and and new aspects to these devices that you can speak to, you know, throughout that fitting process. Wow. And even creating like email lists and blogs around that. Totally. So that your customer doesn't only think that you're a one dimension person who doesn't love anything outside of outside of audiology that he gets they get to experience everything outside of that as well it's really interesting um yeah another really big takeaway i've been um, having as i've been having these conversations is um, a high level of curiosity really in the long term leads to success like perpetual success Mm -hmm. like i've been interviewing people who's been in this industry for 20 30 years and a lot of them i've been seeing have had maybe nine to ten different jobs or like five to six different jobs and they've been going from um from different hearing companies to different hearing companies or from clinic to clinic and i think one thing i've really um seen in everyone i've been interviewing is that they really have a real passion for what they do Mm -hmm. and they also have a real curiosity 
for what they do. So even if a new technology comes out or a new um, new avenue of doing something comes out or a new diagnostic method comes out, if they're constantly interested in that, like my conversation with Deanne Rudden, um, mm -hmm. I know you spoke with her on Oak Tree TV and my conversation with Yol Violin, um, who's currently doing consulting um, at a corporate level. Um, yeah, it's something which has been really concurrent and everybody I've been speaking with is that if you have a high level of curiosity and you're always you're not kind of like shunning it and you're not like oh that's a new technology the mm -hmm. phone is going to go out of date nobody's going to use it it's just a fad um, if you're able to kind of keep on top of that your business will always succeed and your um, skills will always be always be needed yeah I mean I think there's like a lot of different ways that you can even interpret that too so maybe it's not even that you love the technology itself but what you love is the reaction that your patient has when you introduce them to something new that their hearing aids can do and so therefore you know it's not necessarily that you love building this list of podcasts that you're going to recommend to them you love that end result you love that satisfaction that you get when you see that patient, you know, really light up and smile. And I think that like, to your point, I think this can take a, it's, it can take shape in many different forms, you know, like you can, you can imagine that you can be passionate, not necessarily about, uh, you know, one aspect or another, but in totality, you're really passionate about what you do. And I think that bleeds into, you know, a lot of the different day-to-day -day type stuff. Yeah. And I think, one thing if there's an audiologist listening to a podcast is that that building the reputation and building that brand and building that customer experience ultimately leads to better business outcomes mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people who are worried that that two to three minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes extra time that they're spending is going to eat into their profits and the, it's going to eat into their margins but ultimately if you're providing that ultimate experience yep in the in the long run, it's going to lead to better long term experiences and long term outcomes. Totally agree, Mark. Totally agree. Well, this has been great. I really appreciate you coming on, Mark. Uh, thanks to everybody who tuned in and listened through the end of the episode. And we'll chat with you next time. Cheers. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in and I'll chat with you next time.